0: Hello and welcome to the Flying Frisbee podcast with me, Dominic Frisbee. And thank you for being one of the many subscribers to my ever-growing Substack. And today's piece is another one that's going to raise hackles, shall we say. It's called Why Net Zero Will Fail. It's both deluded and extremely damaging. Today I wanted to expand on a theme I've been writing about for a while, that the green energy revolution is anything but green. In fact, the amount of metal required and the amount of fossil fuel needed to be burnt to make it happen means it will be extraordinarily damaging to the environment, while unprecedented amounts of CO2 will be released into the atmosphere. Moreover, unlike the inflation that resulted from Covid and the Ukraine war, which might yet prove temporary, net zero will produce inflation that will be prolonged and entrenched. In other words, net zero is not only deluded, but it will also be extremely damaging both to the planet and to people's lives. Here we explain why and what to do to protect your wealth. I stumbled across a super talk this week by Mark Mills, author and senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute, called the Energy Transition Delusion, Inescapable Mineral Realities, and he argues that the current energy transition to renewable sources is based on a flawed understanding of the resources required to make it happen. Most of the evidence cited here is from that talk. Today, the world gets a little under 4% of its total energy supply from wind and solar. That's about one-third as much energy as it gets from burning wood. I couldn't believe that statistic when I read it. Are we still burning that much wood? But that's what the International Energy Agency says. Wood still provides 350% more energy to the world than all the world's wind turbines and solar power combined. To get to this 4% level, the world has directly spent something like $5 trillion, more than double UK GDP, in the last 15 years, and probably the same amount again in indirect spending, says Mills. An electric vehicle requires 400% more metal than a conventional car. To build a machine to replace a gas turbine, you need 1,000 to 2,000% more mineral to deliver the same unit of power. To deliver the same mile of driving, the same hour of heat, the same hour of lighting or the same hour of computer time, the extra minerals required amount to anything from 2,000 to 7,000%. Overall, this amounts to an increase in mineral demand in the order of 700 to 4,000%. Not to put too fine a hyperbolic point on this, says Mills, this would be the largest single increase in demand or supply of metals in all human history. It's never happened. Mining cannot increase output by 700% to 4,000%, not in the next decade, nor in time uh, for the net zero deadlines. We are thinking in terms of kilowatt hours instead of in terms of tonnage, and tonnage is what's required to get those kilowatt hours. Mills says... It requires both the extraction and movement of a quantity of materials equal to or greater than the quantities of materials that humanity extracts and moves and grows for all other purposes combined. The world is not capable of doing that with the technologies that exist. Where's all this new metal going to come from? To take a mine from exploration and discovery to production takes 16 years. Even if you relax regulation, unlikely, and accelerate investment, not so easy, you're only at best going to shave a few years off that. To go out and explore for mines and develop them requires investment, which the industry has been starved of since 2011. What's more, there's no guarantee you'll ever get a payback. Exploration has a success rate of about one in a thousand. Let's say you do discover something and start building a mine. What if commodity prices then come down? You lose a lot more than your shirt. It's a risky business. Then there's the political risk, whether from the activists campaigning to get your mine closed. Many mine plans in Chile, for example, which is supposed to be a mining hub, have been ditched because of such objections. Or from governments seizing the produce? Burkina Faso's Energy and Mines Ministry issued a statement on Tuesday saying that it had commandeered 200 kilos of gold from Endeavour Mining's operations for public necessity. The company will be compensated for its value, the statement added, without providing further detail. Yes, of course it will. Mining is starved of finance, yet the mining industry needs to deliver new products at a frequency and consistent level of financing never previously accomplished, says energy research company Wood Mackenzie. Currently, the world is not even investing 10% of what's required. Then there's the issue of refining. This is a major geopolitical and strategic issue. China dominates refining. 40% of global copper supply is refined there, 35% of nickel, 65% of cobalt, 87% of rare earth, 50% of lithium. Never mind the strategic question of handing China that much power, how environmentally friendly do you think Chinese refining is going to be? Chinese coal production for power generation hit a record last year. What will happen to metals prices in all of this? Currently, metals prices are a whisper in the broader inflation clamour. But a sustained increase in the price of metals and energy of 300 or 400% will push up overall inflation. There is only so much you can hide with subsidies. Now let's look at another cost, the environmental cost. As humans have extracted natural resources from the earth, they've become increasingly difficult to find and extract. A hundred years ago, average copper grades were 4%. That is to say, for every 100 tonnes of of ore you process, you might get 4 tonnes of copper. Today, average grades have fallen to 1%. Other rarer metals require much more ore to be processed. A half-ton battery, says Mills, requires 250 tonnes of ore to be processed somewhere. To produce the materials needed to realise net zero will see the world consume fuels and emit carbon dioxide at levels that are unprecedented in mining history, says Mills. It's nuts. Every time somebody buys an electric vehicle, they're essentially purchasing the previous consumption of 25 barrels of oil equivalent, half oil, half coal and natural gas. These hydrocarbons will have been burnt even before the first electron moves its batteries on the road. By the time the electric vehicle first makes it to the parking space outside your home, it has already emitted emitted 14 tonnes of CO2, compared to the 5 tonnes for the conventional vehicle. It's not until the vehicle passes 60,000 miles that you end up with a net reduction. Humans require more and more energy as we grow more sophisticated. The Industrial Revolution increased energy demand, the automobile... Uh, increased energy demand, the aeroplane increased energy demand, computing increased energy demand, drones and robots and AI are all going to increase energy demand. Surely the answer is not to turn our backs on fossil fuels. The focus should be on developing cleaner and more efficient fossil fuel technologies, as well as improving renewable technologies. Unfortunately, the focus on renewable energy technologies has diverted attention and investment from the development of the cleaner and more efficient fossil fuel technologies we need. So, how to play all this? Do you think net zero diktats are going to change? I don't. Governments are too scared of the environmental lobby to change tack. The way to protect yourself, I'd say, is to be long energy and long commodities. The likes of BHP or Glencore are at the safer end of the market to juniors at the riskier end. However, what I've described above is not currently uh, being displayed in energy and metals prices. Either the market has already digested and discounted this story, or it feels it's too far away to matter, or it thinks that governments will pivot, or it is not yet priced in. What do you think? The case for a secular bull market in commodities remains strong. Thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe to my Substack and if you're interested in protecting your wealth in these extraordinary times, then be sure to own some gold bullion. My current recommended bullion dealer is the Pure Gold Company and uh, there's a link to them in uh, the article whether you're taking delivery or storing online. And if you're interested in natural resource companies generally, then please consider a subscription, a paid subscription to this letter. I cover I cover them extensively. Thank you very much. Goodbye.